right, I'm Annie, we're back. I'm Gretchen, Donuts and Pie Fitness, and we are aging enthusiastically. And today, we I'm so excited to talk to Cynthia. Cynthia Bestiman, she is, um, she wears a lot of hats. She was formerly a, a Broadway actress. She was uh, a very top, high, top-selling uh, realtor and um, breast cancer survivor. And now, Cynthia, I'm just gonna throw it to you and you can tell us what you do and tell us a little bit about your company. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you. Um, so I am the founder of uh, Violets Are Blue Skincare. It's a organic line of really beautiful uh, products that I designed while I was going through my own personal treatment for breast cancer. I'm convinced that my cancer was caused environmentally. I had no family history. I'd been a vegetarian for 25 years, never smoked, rarely drank, exercised. Um, and I remember standing in my apartment going, what caused this? And I changed everything in my house, my dishes, my rugs, my sheets, all that stuff. And I didn't think about skincare until I was actually in treatment and I was picking up a, um, uh, probably my Xanax prescription, I don't know, at the drugstore. <laughs> I did not handle my diagnosis well at all. Um, and uh, the woman in front of me was picking up a topical ointment for her uh, infant. And the pharmacist said, oh, just rub it right on her forearm. It'll go into her bloodstream. And I was like, what am I putting on expletives on my forearm that's going into my bloodstream? So when I got home, oh. I rounded up my products and I started Googling the ingredients. And I was stunned that, you know, what do you mean the coconut picture and the lemon that's on the front isn't actually in the back? It's a, you know, parfum, um, which came to, I came to realize means many different ingredients. So um, after that, I Googled how to make your own organic skincare. And weirdly enough, the next night, 10 blocks from my house, a class called um, Bath and Body University was starting. So I signed up and I knew that first night it was going to change my life somehow, but I didn't know how. And basically, to make a long story short, when I was done with my treatment, my oncology team asked what I've been doing because my skin stayed really healthy. And when I told them my oncologist joke, she's like, you need to bottle it, you need to sell it, and you need to give it to us. So that started my journey. I took two years formulating and researching, and we launched in 2015. And we're online for sale. I have two lines. One that's our beloved line, which is treatment safe for people going through treatment. It has less essential oils. And then our signature line, which you can graduate onto, or if you never had cancer, knock on wood, um, you can start out with that line. And the most important component is that we donate products to women on their first day of chemotherapy at Mount Sinai in New York City. And 10% of the purchase price of either line um, goes to support those donations. So it's literally women helping women stay healthy, get healthy, focus on being healthy as opposed to being sick on that first day of infusion. And in this day and age, women helping women is, is key. It's huge. And I love your products. I especially love the carrot and it was a uh, rose hip serum. The seed, I yeah, really the carrot seed serum. serum. Yeah. And so what else do you have? Um, um, I thought, well, it's funny about that serum. A carrot seed uh, essential oil is my favorite oil. It's a really regenerative oil and it's a natural SPF. And I say to my husband, if I ever win the lottery, I'm just keeping a constant bathtub of carrot seed oil. <laughs> you don't want a Ferrari, you want a tub of carrot yeah. seed oil. So, um, we buy something um, different, but that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have, um, it's really beautiful. Like I, it's like, what did the earth create for us that people in the 1300s used to nourish, heal and protect? Carrot seed oil, evening primrose, rosehip, argan, jojoba, castor seed oil, which I love, um, uh, jojoba. Uh, so my products are filled with those really nutrient rich, um, I don't like to say anti-aging, uh, pro-aging, aging gracefully, um, 
aging enthusiastically. Yeah, um, I like how I did that. So, yeah. you know, so we've got a face wash that's not non-foaming. It's really gentle. Um, the carrot seed serum, which is our top seller. We've got a beautiful body cream that's won three different awards. We've got a body lotion. We've got a scar repair that not only um, helps with scarring, but with age spots, with uh, rosacea, with acneic scarring, with bug bites. Um, we have a deodorant and we are launching in November our new magnesium stick deodorant, which I've been working on. Oh, wow. It feels like since I was 12, um, it's been a long journey, um, but magnesium is really important for women, especially those of us over the age of 40 or over the age of 50 um, to get into our bodies. And it's more easily um, absorbed through the skin than taken ingestionally. That's a word. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. And it's tested off the chart. So uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, I, I bought a, a magnesium cream from a local girl here on the Cape that's selling it for cramps. Like my husband gets, yes. cramps, and so yeah. he puts it on the bottom of his feet at night and it's made all the difference in the world. It was the kind of the first time I thought about magnesium being put in through the skin and the fact that you've developed a product to, you know, for the same for as a deodorant though, but well, um, the, the, one of the weird side effects of magnesium is it is odor uh, reducing. So Amazing. it's a two, it's sort of a twofer where the stick, you can also, if you, you know, if you've been playing tennis or going for a run and your legs are cramping up, you can roll it on your legs. Um, and it's also, you say cramping, it's also good uh, for women who are still menstruating. It's great mm -hmm. for menstrual cramps. It's great for migraines. Um, it's great for digestion. It's great for- Is that on the market already? No, it comes out, it launches in November. Nice. Um, you know, uh, anyone who owns a business will appreciate this. We were scheduled to launch last uh, July and I ran 10,000 units and they all turned to mush. I was working um, with a manufacturer who didn't believe in this slow scale up process. So that was a really fun month in my house. So Gretchen heard a lot of my uh, sobbing on the phone going, is this worth it? So I'm with a new manufacturer who is treating this product like it is their own. And they've been amazing and they appreciate the fact that I'm a small business and they're looking at the big picture. Cause it's a lot of times it's hard for those of us that are independent, small, businesses to get a reputable manufacturer to run small runs. So I didn't want to run 10,000 units. I wanted to run 25 and they're doing it and they're amazing. So um, we just got the schedule and it's uh, the test runs being done in October and the full batch will be out in November. That is great. I know. Now, along the same lines being an entrepreneur in a small business. I, I understand. I don't think a lot of people understand what it takes from the conception of your logo to the labeling, to the packaging, to manufacturing, to the shipping. It's, it's huge. And you do that all by yourself. <laughs> I think I must be insane. <laughs> it's so funny because those of us who start businesses, no matter what age you're at, you have a passion for a product and you don't understand um, everything else that comes with it. You think, oh, I'm just going to make these beautiful products and people are going to flock to buy it and all is going to be wonderful and I'm going to live in a castle on an island. And um, yeah. I always say to my husband, if I jump out the window, just know logistics did me in. Yeah. <laughs> having to ship, you know, 2,000 deodorants from a manufacturer in New Jersey to, you know, an anthropology warehouse and like that kind of stuff and knowing 
where to source from. Like constantly my sourcing is changing and we were getting helichrysum and essential oil from Croatia. And then you learn that that's being oversourced because you also want to be ethical. So it's that kind of stuff. And then it's the, you know, finding, do I put them in, in product boxes and finding the product boxes. And then it's also about managing your social media and managing PR when you don't have a budget, like you have to do it all. And then it's, you know, getting out. I spend at least one or two days a week in local stores, just, talking about me and my products and why I started it and because I don't have a big advertising PR budget and it's about you know contacting um, magazines and editors and saying I have this great product and it's it's the day-to-day -day, you know I'm really bad at like I'm running low on a product and I hate spending the money and it's like I know I should be ordering and I can't get myself to do it because I don't want to spend the money and it's ridiculous because I'm gonna to have to anyway and I'll be in a panic doing it so I'm working on um, a system where I know exactly when I have to order um, and that will be the first person that when I'm able that I will hire but um, you know you know it just never and then things go wrong nobody tells you that when you have your idea things are gonna go wrong in a big way and um, things used to make me fall apart and I used to say maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be doing this and maybe the world is telling me I shouldn't and my mom actually gave me a great piece of advice she's like this is business if you want to be in business you have to put on your big girl pants and you have to deal with it and you have to stop crying yay and, mom yeah I know yay mom my mom actually became a stockbroker in her 50s um, newly divorced Yay. so yeah, yeah. she was a, yeah. an amazing role model and she just said and if you don't want to do this if this is too much for you then get out but if you're going to be a business owner this stuff you are not immune to and you have to choose to face it with um, intelligence rationality and humor and that was like a, a, a so that's what I say to, to other people now and they're dealing with it newcomers to the business it's like you're not immune it's going to happen it's how you choose to deal with those things happening and it's not the universe telling you not to do something it's just life and you know what really strikes me I've not met you before Cynthia but what strikes me as you're talking is that what you just said seems to have carried you through everything that you just talked about <laughs> diagnosis it's what you do with it and yeah. it, i'm just struck by i see more and more women maybe it's the people that i'm gravitating toward but have the same outlook you know there's so many people that take a, a diagnosis that can be devastating and is at some point you know that you have to handle it but it's what you do with it and i'm so inspired by all of those women and and yeah. people generally that and do I'm, something yeah. like what you're doing and i'm and inspired by this i always find myself saying because i was stage one um so i always find myself comparing myself to others who i really felt you know battled and that's something that i have to stop doing i'm like well my diagnosis wasn't so i was it's easier for me to do these things because i wasn't really um you know life being life-threatened but that's looking back at the time I was, I was freaked out. I mean, as I mentioned, I had to be put on medication. I right. was, you know, when you're waiting for those tests and you're waiting to see how bad it is, um, you really think that your time is up and, you know, did you make the right choices? And, um, you know, it's hard. And, and I just posted something with our warrior revolution, which is a retreat that we do on social media today. It's like cancer is going to change you 100%, mm -hmm. but you have to choose how is it going to change you? Right. How is it, 
Is it, you know, about getting back to your life? There's many women who are diagnosed. They want to get through their treatment. They want to go back to their life and their kids and their families and their jobs and like nothing happened. And I'm fine with that. I respect that. And then there's those of us that the category I fall into that I felt like if I'm going to go through this, it needs to mean something. Um, and again, sort of relying on the universe. And maybe I do that too much sometimes, but it's like, I need to know that this was the world coming in. And I was really good at my job in real estate, but I was miserable. I hated it. I hated um, the stress of trying to get a deal done. I hated the un how everything could just turn on a dime. And I remember thinking two months before I was diagnosed, I was lying in bed and I thought something has got to change. And I feel like my body did what my mind couldn't get myself to do. And so I really needed to look at what did this mean for me? How was I going to change it? And I remember saying to someone as I, you know, I luckily my husband and I were business partners and he said, you do what you need to do. I'll take over the business. And I signed up for Reiki and I signed up for cooking classes and I signed up to maybe become an acupuncturist. And I was saying to people, I need my Oprah aha moment. I need that, you know, something to change. And then all the while this little thing was brewing of just making my own skincare that grew into something. So I, I say to people, be open, like don't, don't get tunnel vision, but just be open to what the world is bringing you when you've been knocked down. Like, you know, sometimes the, the worst possible thing that can happen to you can shed light on something that's there. You just have to be open to it. You know, that's another thing that when, in, when Gretchen and I decided to try to provide this social platform for, uh, for women, um, or for people aging in general, is we really wanted to point out that don't stay in your box. Get out of your comfort zone because the more people we talk to, we realize that's a theme through their life. The ones that are aging enthusiastically are the ones that are stepping outside of the box and doing yeah. things they're not comfortable with. And whether you're forced out of that box or you're taking your time getting out of that box, it's getting out. It's so funny because I think that that's a problem that our generation has where we grew up with parents who stayed at one job, they got hired out of college, they stayed there till they were 65, they got their watches or their car and they left and they moved down to Florida or to Palm Desert. Yeah. And that's what their trajectory was. And then you look at the generation now where my niece who's 30 has worked in four different industries. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. And our generation is sort of stuck in the middle there. Like, we imagine that we would go to college and then get a degree and work in that degree. And then suddenly the world changed and, and, you know, 2008, the crisis happened and suddenly it's like, Oh, well maybe we can be fluid, but we feel weird about it. Like it feels like we're failing because we're not sticking with something. Whereas I think this new generation has it figured out that it's about, it's not about the money necessarily, but it's about the experience. And I think that that's something that those of us over 50 um, need to know. And I was, you know, I was 49 when I started my job. And sometimes even now I think, what the am I doing? Like, what made me think that I can, you know, when you think about, okay, when I'm 65, my company will, you know, really just be going, you know, and it's like, but I can't, I have to stop myself. And I just think, well, I have to live longer. Because then you get tired. You're like, I'm going to be so tired. Never going to retire. <laughs> well, you have to be a rule breaker too. You yeah. have to be. And you have to, yeah. And you can't think about what am I going to be like at 65? And what am I, why, why do I think that I, I, you know, I need to retire at 65? If I love what I'm doing, 
why can't I work till I'm 90? You know, especially when you're providing service for people, when you're providing inspiration and really good products, really good products. You're not going to retire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cynthia, thank you so much. And uh, we will, um, at the end of our our video, we're going to, we'll have a link to your products and more information about you. Cause I, I love, I just, I, I love your stuff. I just know you're the greatest. I love you. And you guys, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. And you are the epitome of, um, how to age enthusiastically and your you alone your story alone is like i can't keep up with her she's like where are you now so and i'm missing you next week so i know but i will uh we'll, we'll connect we'll figure it out yeah all right it's oh. really nice to meet you so much i can't wait to meet you in person thank you I know. Well, it'll happen all right bye bye bye, bye. bye. This episode was brought to you by Gretchen Zellick and Annie Gibbons. If you'd like to find out more, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Donuts and Pie Fitness and on our YouTube channel where you can find more interviews like the one you just heard. Both of those links are available in the description. Don't forget to check out our website at DonutsAndPieFitness.com. You can find out more about Cynthia Bestman and Violets Are Blue Skincare at VioletsAreBlueSkincare.com, linked below.